This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. If we could just open our Bibles this evening in Psalm 66, verse 7. Psalm 66, verse 7. Could we just stretch our legs real quickly? Psalm 66, verse 7. If you would stand with me, please, at this one verse. just want to speak briefly about the providence of God. The providence of God. Psalm 66, verse 7. says, He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this evening. We thank you for your people here that love you, join together this evening, Lord, because, because they love you and because they want to be with God's people. And we know that, that there are two or three or more gathered in your name. You are in our midst. And we know, Lord, that you're here. We thank you for those that thought it was important to come out on Wednesday and to, to join in, in worship and service. And Lord, we thank you for each one, that you'll speak to our hearts this evening, that you'll speak to us through your word. Encourage us, we pray. Speak to our hearts, and I praise and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. I was reflecting on the providence of God. And my question is, how did, how did we get here today? I'm not saying, how did you get here, like driving or, I don't know, motorcycle or walking or anybody get here in a horse or buggy? I don't think so, right? But how did, how did we get here this evening to this moment together, this and all joined at, at this moment, well, what day is today? It's September 15th, 2021. How do we, it's like that question when one uh, tourist there in, in New York City, a pedestrian saw this musician get out of a taxi cab and he was holding his instrument, his head was down. And there this pedestrian there in New York City asked him, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Remember the answer to that, the answer to that question? Practice, 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 Right. But the question here is, how did we get here to this moment together? Well, we all, we all have to go back to the year 1964. Anybody watch the, the, the film, It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, I'm, I'm the angel Clarence now. So we're all going to go back to the, eight, to, the, uh, to the year 1964. And there was a young man in the last year of high school, and he was listening to his teacher talking about his, uh, his uh, history professor, his history teacher, talk about the problems of the world and like they had them back then, we still have them today, the problems of the United States. So this young man, he got a piece of paper and he wrote a sentence and he gave it to this professor, his teacher, and at the end of the class and he said, this paper has the answers to the problems of the world. So this teacher opened it up and he read this, this sentence, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he saw this, oh, I have, a, I have a Christian in my class. You know, there weren't a lot of Christians, but he said, I have a, a young Christian in my class. Well, this young man was my father, Larry Barrett. And the teacher, his history teacher, little did he know that one day was going to be his brother-in-law. And he, he took an interest in, in my dad and Larry, and he, and he checked, was checking his life. My dad wasn't walking close to the Lord like he should be. He was saved, but unfortunately, he wasn't in a good church. He thought he could lose his salvation and, and so many different things. So he wasn't doing what he wanted to, to do in the Christian life. 
So he took an interest in him. He tried to encourage him in the things of the Lord. Well, anyways, my dad went off to basic training in the army, was, was off for several months, and he tried to encourage him. But then my dad came back, and uh, like I said, he wasn't doing right in his life. So he, my dad decided to join a motorcycle club. Now, that's not a good idea if you're not sure what to do with your life, but that's what he, he did when he came back. And, he, and it wasn't like Hell's Angel or anything like that, but, you know, they would, they would take trips on Sundays and all that kind of stuff. So he was, he was doing that, and one Sunday he went off with this motorcycle club, and they all went on a trip on a Sunday, and they got in a terrible storm, a frozen storm, and as he came back, he, he, uh, they all got separated, and he almost froze to death. He was, oh, Lord, please help me. Please uh, uh, rescue, save me from this, Father, and, and I'll, I need to serve you. I, knew, I need to do what's right with my life. So finally he found a place. They opened up the, the garage door. He came in. He collapsed and fainted, and they warmed him up. They wrapped him in plastic. He got back home. And when, once he got home, after a few weeks, he forgot about his promises and all that. He was 18 years old, almost 18. And he was ready another Sunday, it's a few Sundays after that, to go on a trip again. They were going to go off to see races. He had his motorcycle all packed, all ready to go on a Sunday morning when he got a letter. And this letter was from that teacher in high school. And this teacher said, Larry, I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. I've been wondering what you're doing with your life. I hope you're walking with the Lord. And he said, Larry, remember that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That one verse changed the course of his life. He, yeah, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He went back to his motorcycle. He, he, he wasn't happy with his life, I told you. And he, he went, his mom, what's the matter? And he went back. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to go look for church. So he took everything off his motorcycle that he had packed, and he drove his motorcycle looking for He remembered the church that this teacher went to. So he pulled into it on a motorcycle. And as he went in that church, of course, he saw everybody there with their Bible in their hands. He thought that was a good idea to take a Bible to church. Where he used to go to church, they didn't take Bibles to churches. You know, the, the pastor had it, so why, why, why do you need to take it? But it's a good idea to take a Bible to church. Everybody was growing, learning God's word. From that point on, he was walking with the Lord, and he walked with the Lord faithfully until he went home to be with the Lord now in January and never again turned back. But as he drove in this church, the pastor's daughter, 16 years old at the time, she was there in the parsonage, looked out the window, was combing her hair, getting ready for the service, getting ready for church, and she looked out and said, Mom, there's a guy driving in the church on a motorcycle, which was not so uh, common back in the 60s, right? Little did she know that that guy driving in the church on a motorcycle was her future husband. And that one day they would be serving the Lord together 45 years in Brazil. How God uses our lives. And that's called the providence of God. How God works in our lives. Divine providence, simply, the simple meaning of divine providence is to provide. But when we talk about divine providence, it, the, those words aren't in the Bible, but the concept is, it means that God cares for and he governs his universe. He directs all things, the Bible says, according to his purposes. He ensures that in the end, all things are going to come out the way he determined for his glory and for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. We know God, man, we know man has uh, choice. We know that. But still, God, he has the final word. This is... The divine providence is diametrically opposed to chance or fatality. The Bible says in Ephesians 1.11 that he worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And God's working. He's sovereign. God's sovereign over 
this universe. Amen? He's sovereign over nature. He, the Bible says he sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. He's sovereign over each of our lives, our callings. I have verses for all of these. He's sovereign over our successes and our failures. He, he's sovereign over nations. We just read that. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. God has the final word. And usually when we see God acting in a supernatural way, a way that's not so, uh, it's, uh, let's say, not according to nature, we call those miracles. But usually God chooses to act by natural means. That's when we talk about the providence of God. We see God working by, it reminds me of a story of a man who was uh, near a river and his they, they had this uh, flood warning. Everybody said, you better get out of here. The water's coming up. The water's coming up. And he said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to save me. So he was, oh, Lord, please rescue me. Well, the water kept on coming up. You probably heard this story before. It got to about the, the height of his porch. And this guy came by in a rowboat and said, you better jump in. He said, no, I'm, I'm just praying. I'm asking the Lord to rescue me. So the rowboat went off. And he just kept on praying and asking God to save him. And the water kept on coming up. And it got to, the, to uh, higher yet, the second floor. And finally, a guy came by in a motorboat. Said, you better jump in. Get, get, get out of here. He said, no, God's going to save me. I'm just praying, asking the Lord to, to rescue me. So the motorboat rode off. Finally, it was up to the rooftop, and a helicopter came over, hovered over the house, and threw a rope down. Said, you better catch on to the rope. He said, no, I'm praying. God's going to save me. So the helicopter went off, and the water went up, and he drowned, went to heaven, and said, Lord, I was praying. I was trusting you, asking you to help me. God said, well, I sent you a rowboat. I sent you a motorboat. I sent you a helicopter. What else could I do, right? So when we think about God's providence, God works in our lives, and usually by, by natural means. He, he puts a person in your life, an event, good events and not so good events. And we have to realize that. Even things that happened in the United States this year and the world and the, the past, we have to realize that God is working. We know that God even uses enemies. We learned that with uh, Joseph when he said to his brothers at the end of his life, he said, as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. So God's working. That's called the problem for our good, for the ultimate glory of God. And I have quotes here. I'm not going to quote, but of the founding fathers of this country that they saw the hand of God. Now, we were in Williamsburg a few days ago, and I heard a historian there saying, poo-pooing the providence of God, but what does he know? Right, But we, the founding fathers, they surely saw God's hand in this country. And I, I have quotes about that. Even Benjamin Franklin, believe it or not, he, he saw God's providence in this country. But we know that God is moving. I believe God did raise up this country. God, we see God moving miraculously in history, to direct history, to further his purposes. Yes, to bring liberty to nations. I think that's important to bring liberty to nations, but more important than that, and I know I'm suspicious as a missionary saying this, but two, the most important thing in God's heart is to bring salvation to the world. And I believe God, he's working in the history of humankind too. I believe he raised the United States. If you think about the hundreds and hundreds of missionaries that this country has sent out, I believe that God's hand was in that over the years, raising up this country. In God's providence, he provided a lamb. Amen? He provided a lamb. Do you remember when Abraham was up in Mount Moriah with his son Isaac? And Isaac said to his dad, Dad, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? What did Abraham say? He said, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And praise the Lord, a thousand and eight hundred years later, we see Jesus walking on the scene. And John the Baptist raised his arms and says, behold the lamb of God 
which taketh away the sin of the world. Praise the Lord. We have a lamb provided by God for our salvation. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to work for our salvation. We're all sinners. We're all condemned. But he provided a way for us to be saved. He provided a sacrifice for our sins, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, if you're not saved, if you're with us or watching, and you're not, you don't know for sure, you say, what, what can I do to be saved? You can't do anything. You're condemned. We're, we're all sinners. Come short of the glory of God. But he provided. He gave a lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to take your sins and my sins on the cross so we could be saved today. Trust him. Amen? Accept his gift, his provision. God provided a lamb. And he's been working throughout history to accomplish this, to accomplish the salvation of souls here and all over the world. The Bible says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. God has the king's heart in his hands. We have to believe that. And then we see in the past, we see King Cyrus. Remember when he told Israel to go back and to rebuild the temple and rebuild Jerusalem and everything? He thought he was doing that for political reasons, to gain clout with the nations. But the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 36 verse 22 that he did that. That the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. God was fulfilling his purposes. And you remember later on when the, the people of Israel were almost exterminated during the time of Esther. And the, of course we know the people of Israel are so important because they gave us the Bible. They gave us our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And God preserved this people. And they were almost exterminated during the time of, of Esther. She was a Jewish that became a queen of Persia. And what did her uncle say in Esther 4.14? Who knoweth? Whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That is a providence of God. And then later on we see Ruth, remember? Ruth, she, she was a Moabitess woman. She came back to Israel with her mother-in-law. And she uh, didn't have any prospects for the future. But she was just trying to help and obey the law and, and provide for her mother. So she went looking for a field. Remember that? And she was like, where should I glean corn? And the Bible says in Ruth chapter 2 verse 3. And her hap, her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. Now those words give me goosebumps. Her hap. That means she happened on that field. She had no reason to choose that field that day. She was just walking along. And, oh, okay, this looks like a good field. And she started gleaning. Now we know now the rest of the story. If she hadn't gleaned in that field, then uh, I forget how many hundreds of years later, you could tell those wise men that they didn't have to go to Bethlehem. As was prophesied hundreds of years before by the prophet Micah. Because it was that field and meeting Boaz that connected the house of David to Bethlehem to fulfill that prophecy. And the Bible says she happened on that field. That is called the providence of God. And then we see Caesar Augustus telling everybody to go and be taxed and everybody had to go back to their land. God was just doing that to fulfill his purposes, to make sure that Joseph and Mary got back to Bethlehem as it was prophesied. And later on when Paul, uh, uh, sorry, Peter was preaching to those people who crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Ye have taken him and by wicked hands have crucified and slain him and delivered him, he said, by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Like I said, we believe in, we're not taking away man's uh, decisions and man's free will and ability to make choices. But while man is doing his thing, God is doing his things and accomplishing his purposes. We see how wonderful God is. Even God even knows what could happen that never did happen. I remember when King David asked, he wasn't king at the time, but he said, Lord, if I go into that, that city of Cala, will, will they deliver me into the hands of the enemy? And the answer to God is said, yes, they will deliver you. Just think, that, even, that never even happened in history. But God even knew what could happen if, if this happened. That, that's how wise and how, how wonderful, all-knowing our God is. 
He can do anything. And he's opening doors. He's closing doors. He's directing our ministries. We see in Acts chapter 16, if you read that chapter, you'll see Paul, the apostle Paul and others with him, they were trying to determine where to go. And God shut one door, then he shut another door, then he shut another door. They weren't sure what to do. And finally, he had that vision, remember, of that man saying, come into Macedonia. Come over to Macedonia and help help us. And that's what he did. Do you know, if he hadn't gone to Macedonia that time, it's very possible that a lot of us here wouldn't have been saved. Because Macedonia is Europe. And because he went to Macedonia, took the gospel to Europe, that, you know, the rest of the, the story, and then Europe took the gospel to America and all that, we're, we're probably saved today because God opened that door that day for the Apostle Paul. And he's still working. He's still using our lives. I could tell you many stories, but i just tell you the story when, when we entered the city of Junjai, where we're serving the Lord all these years. Our family. And when my, my dad and mom, they were in Sao Paulo learning the language. And he, he wanted to get, my dad wanted to get as far away from Sao Paulo as possible. And because it's a big city and he just wanted to, and another missionary was asking him, would you work with me? And he didn't feel like God was calling him to do that. So he said, well, since you're not going to work with me, would you consider this city here? He gave him a, a magazine. And my dad was reading about this city. He said, I'll read it. I'll read the magazine. It talked about this city. It was a very important city, uh, the fastest growing city in the state of Sao Paulo and very strategic and all that. But he had in his mind he was going to go to another city about four hours away, five hours away, called Franca. And so he got in the car one day, and I, my mom couldn't go. One of us were sick. But my dad went with another missionary. They drove five, five hours away. They were there searching. They got to the city. They were looking for a home. They couldn't find a home. They couldn't find a place to start a church. Nothing worked out. Finally, they, they drove back. And a few weeks later, he took mom and my sister and I. He said, let's go back to Franca. And as he, was, as he left São Paulo... And going to Franca, he had in his heart, I'm going to go to Franca. He passed the city, he saw a sign, and the sign was Junjai. And he said, where did, I, where did I hear that name, Junjai? Then he remembered the article that his missionary friend gave. And he told my mom, let's just, let's just pull in here and take a look. So as he pulled in, he, he would tell this story. As he pulled in the city, the main avenue called the Junjai Avenue, he saw this huge sign that said, Junjai, the land of good food. That's when he knew. But that, that's not why. It's not because of that. But as, as he drove in that main avenue, Ajunjai Avenue, it doesn't always happen like this, but he said he and my mom, they knew in their heart, this is where God wants us to be. This is where God wants us to be. And they've been serving the Lord in Junjai in the region all these years. How God directs. And I, there are many that could say, oh, praise the Lord. Thank God that God made you do that turn that one day. How did you get, how were you saved? Think about it. How were you saved? I'm sure it wasn't like one day, okay, and someone get, uh, and oh, I'm, I'm saved. I'm sure you can think about how God worked in your life, how God put a person in your life, how someone gave you a track, how someone invited you to church, how, how you came, how someone else, uh, think, we, all of us could stand up and give a testament, I'm sure, about how God worked in your life to bring you to the point where you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I could tell you story after story, in our lives, in our ministry, the, the most recent, I just put it because it's the most recent, uh, is a girl in our church in Junjai. Her name is Malu. And she uh, was worried. She's 17 years old. She was worried about her soul. And she was worried about dying. And she would tell her, her mom and her aunt, I'm, I'm so afraid of dying. They said, stop thinking about that. Just enjoy life. You're young. Go to parties. And she, but, you know, the Holy Spirit was working in her life. So she went to different churches, but she didn't hear the gospel. They didn't even treat her well. And 
Unfortunately, she didn't hear the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, she just happened to drive in front of our church. And she looked at the name and she said, Igreja Batista Manuel. She said, where, where did I hear that name? Well, she remembered that her mom, when she was a little girl, some lady in our church was taking children in a van to church. And she remembered her mom telling her about that. And she thought, I have to go to that church. So that night, she dreamed about it. She dreamed that she went in and everybody treated her friendly. So the next day, she said, Dad, I need to go to that church. Please take me there. So he took her. Long story short, she came. Everybody treated her friendly, thank the Lord. And she was saved. Now, this is one story. I, I was telling about the providence of God in our church there in Junjai. And I told this story, that, not this story, but I'm talking about how God does, does, this, does, does this, excuse me. And that's what happens when you eat uh, uh, Mexican food before the serve. And a man raised his hand and said, uh, can I, I just say something at the end of the service? He said, let me tell you my story. He said, my brother came, talked to your dad. He wanted to cut the grass of the church. This was years before. Your father won him to the Lord. When he, when he told this story, my father was already with the Lord. He said, your father won him to the Lord. Because of that, my mom got saved. My brother got saved. He started saying, then my father got saved, and I got saved. And, he, and, my, and then he started, and we started counting, and we counted 26 people of his family. And that's not even counting those that they married. And all, it went on. But this is 26 people that were saved just because that one man came and asked to cut the grass that one day. That's the providence of God. Now, that's my message, okay? It's not the introduction. This was my message. <laughs> but what does that mean? That means that we need to worship God. He is greater, bigger, and wiser than, than we can imagine. He knows everything. He can do everything. That's why we can be thankful. The Bible says that everything give thanks. Because God knows what he's doing. Even things that we don't understand. We can, second, we can trust him. Amen? We need to worship him and we can trust him. Even when we don't understand. The Bible says, you, you mentioned this verse, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. We can, we can know, okay, I, have, I had several quotes of founding fathers that I didn't quote, but John Hancock said, you know John Hancock, ever heard of him? He said, let us humbly commit our righteous cause to the great Lord of the universe. Let us joyfully leave our concerns in the hands of him who raises up and puts down the empires and kingdoms of the earth as he pleases. If he can raise and lift up and put down kingdoms, can he take care of our lives? He can take care of us very well. Even... Put that person down. How can I find someone to marry one day? I tell our young people, don't worry about that. God even determines the, the limits of the habitations of the nations, the Bible says. He can put a neighbor or someone at the right time to, that, for you to meet. Amen? Even in the mission field, where God leads. Oh, if I go to the mission field or this or that, what's going to happen to me? God's going to take care of you. God will provide. Reminds me of a, uh, this guy that was studying for the ministry. He, and he wanted to marry this man's daughter. So this man called him into his office and said, listen, let me ask you something. You're studying for the ministry, but how are you going to provide for my daughter? And he, his answer was, God will provide. He said, okay, but later on you'll, get, you'll have children and everything. If you have children, how are you going to provide for these little ones, my, my grandkids one day? He said, God will provide. So later on, the wife asked him, she said, how did the conversation go? And he said, oh, well, 
all right, I guess. He said, the guy, poor guy, has no money or employment, but on the other hand, he thinks I'm God. That's good. <laughs> but anyways, actually, this is sort of a true story. My, my, remember Josias, my brother-in-law? And he, uh, uh, he's a Brazilian pastor. He's Lydia's brother. Married my sister, and I married his sister. Okay, brother and sister married brother and sister. But he's a Brazilian pastor. My father's a little bit of a Brazilian pastor. I mean, uh, how, how are you going to provide for my daughter? And he said, this is true. This is not a joke. This is true. And he said it respectfully. But this is what he said. He said, the same God in the United States is the God in Brazil. God will provide. And finally, we need to obey him. We need to obey him. We need to worship him. We need to trust him. And we need to obey him. The Bible says that the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. There's an old Greek saying that the dice of the gods are loaded. So the idea is we don't want to bet against God, right? We, we, he knows what will happen. He will make it happen. You can't go against God, and you can't go against God's word and win, ever. He has something for each of us to do. He wants to use our lives. The Apostle Paul said that he separated me from my mother's womb and he called me by his grace. Now God has something for each of us to do in his providence. He wants to use our lives to serve him. And he wants to use us as part of his providence. You, your church has been part of God's providence in our lives to keep us in Brazil all these years. And God wants to use us. And he has something for each of us to do. But that doesn't mean that we'll always do it. Unfortunately, that's why the Bible says to give diligence to make your calling and election, sure. God is working. God is working to fulfill his purposes in this world. But he wants to use our lives. And we'll never regret being obedient to God, to the Lord. We'll never regret following his plan for our lives. Amen? God's wonderful providence. We should worship him. We can trust him. And we have to obey him. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your wonderful providence in my life and all our, our lives here. I know that each of us could stand up and give a testimony how you've worked in our lives and how you continue working and guiding and directing and providing. Lord, we can trust you and we love you. We worship you this evening. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.